This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you haven't had COVID yet, you're part of a group that grows smaller each day. By February of this year, more than 60% of Americans had had COVID, and that percentage is even higher now because of BA5. Now, today we found out Democratic Senator Joe Manchin contracted COVID, President Joe Biden's recovering from COVID, and J.B. Pritzker's returning to work after finally testing negative for COVID. And of course, it's not just the politicians. But what about the people who aren't catching the virus? Will some people just never get it? We'll dig into that and why Illinois public health officials are holding off on reinstating mask mandates, even as COVID cases climb. We're also taking your calls, because this is a confusing stage in the pandemic. There's a lot of mixed information about what we should be doing to stay safe. So if you have a COVID question, and I'm sure you do, give us a call, 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Joining us to answer your questions is infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Taramina with Dooley Health and Care. Hi, doctor. Hey, Sasha. So what are the latest numbers for, for folks who haven't gotten COVID yet? How many of them are there? So not that many. Yeah, <laughs> the, I'm curious. And who the, are you? Those, Show yourselves. <laughs> Call me those now. Folks, <laughs> those folks who have not uh, gotten COVID yet. I mean, the, the number's probably in 30, 30% of, of the population or less, uh, wow. I'm guessing at this point. So, you know, we knew as of February that 60 plus percent of, of adults have had COVID at some point during this pandemic and three and four kids have. So, you know, we're mm-hmm. looking at 75 to 80% of these kids that are, are, uh, having recovered from COVID, you know, the folks that haven't gotten it, that continue to say, I was around so-and-so, I've been at all these close exposures and everything. There is definitely a room for the fact that many of them may have antibodies uh, that have recovered and they have some protective antibodies that they didn't know about because they may have had an asymptomatic infection. And, you know, still others may not show those antibodies, but simply have had all of their vaccines and are up to date. These vaccines, while not perfect, do prevent illness in some. You know, some folks just won't get COVID. The idea that some are genetically superior and they have something about their own genetics that allows them to not get this virus is less likely, but certainly is being looked at scientifically to see if that's a possibility. Yeah. You know, doctor, I'm convinced that some folks in my life that I know that, you know, still haven't had COVID. I'm convinced that they have, but they just maybe were asymptomatic because with some of them, I can remember that, you know, that time when you were sniffling and coughing and all that, that was probably it. But you just, you know, didn't uh, maybe take a test or, or what have you. So for sure, that's that's exactly what I think. I think the majority of folks who haven't had COVID uh, and continue to get exposed and not get sick, most likely they have uh, some level of immunity that's protecting them. Yeah. We had talked about this hybrid immunity concept, someone who is up to date on all their vaccines and COVID recovered. Um, they generally have had more protection against what's, against what's going around. That's not necessarily holding up against BA5. BA5 is not a fair player by any stretch. Um, where people are fully vaccinated, boosted, have been infected, and are getting reinfected. Uh, But there still is a a greater chance with the more antibodies you have, the more immunity you have uh, between vaccines and natural virus to ward off those subsequent infections. Just so we're clear, are there any tests that can show if someone has ever had COVID or in any of its variants? 
There are. Um, so you would have to have an antibody test done, and there are different forms of antibody tests. One specifically looking at the M spike antibody can give us some measure of our response to vaccines, and one specifically looking at the nucleocapsid antibody will look in and be able to determine if you've ever had COVID. Getting a total antibody, um, that could come positive whether you've been vaccinated or naturally exposed. So you would have to tease out that nucleocapsid antibody, but these tests are not routinely done just for curiosity's sake. They're done in a context where we would need to know. A reminder to listeners, we want you to join this conversation too. So tell us, what questions do you have at this point in the pandemic? And what do you want to know about the BA5 variant of COVID? Give us a call at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Now, Dr. Ann from North Center called us and wasn't able to stay on the phone, but her question is this. Uh, She says she's trying to schedule a trip overseas, uh, but wants to wait for the new booster for BA5 uh, first. When might that be ready? She heard that it's not good to layer the current booster with the new one. So it might be ready this fall, whether that's September, October, November, I'm not yet sure. Um, but I would love to see a timeline uh, approaching, you know, that October period of time, right when we're really ramping up with flu shots. As far as this whole concept of layering, right now at this moment, we still don't have approval for boosters for most folks that are healthy under the age of 50. And then between 50 and 64, that's where that gray area is. Folks are eligible, but if they're healthy, they're kind of dragging their feet waiting for this better booster, so to speak. Mm -hmm. If you were to get a booster now because you have upcoming travel or high-risk encounters and you're eligible to get that booster to stay up to date, I don't think that's going to impact dramatically your ability to get another more variant-specific booster this fall. So, you know, we're going to want to gap these shots with some period of time, but we'll be able to reasonably give additional boosters on an early schedule. We should be able to. All right, let's jump to the phones. Lots of people calling in. First up is Maureen in Oak Park Terrace. Hi, Maureen. What's your question for the doctor? Hi. Um, I was expo- I was with a friend last Tuesday and Wednesday morning, and then Thursday she notified me that she had just tested positive. She had no symptoms when I saw her, and I have had no symptoms since, and I've been isolating because of her phone call, because I know if I tested, I wouldn't test right away. And I still have no symptoms, and I just want to know when I can get out of the house again. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Maureen. So when when should Maureen take a test to, to know for sure if she picked up COVID from her friend? Sure. That's always a good refresher to discuss this exact topic. When you have a higher risk exposure, if you're up to date on your vaccines, you should go ahead and monitor yourself for symptoms and and stay as quarantined as possible. Testing around day five is really the sweet spot, sooner if you have any symptoms. So if it's been at least five days from that high risk exposure, that would be a good time to test. And if you're negative, by all means, you can break quarantine, but still be very observant to see if you have any symptoms and make sure you're masking when you're around others. Exposures are are most significant the 24 hours before someone tests positive and those first couple of days after they test positive or after they have symptoms. So the fact that your friend tested on a Thursday positive and maybe your exposure was on a Monday or Tuesday, it may have been just a bit too soon to have any meaningful high-risk exposure in that context. 
all cases and all scenarios are a little bit different, but I think if it's been more than five days and you test negative, you're likely in the clear. Let's jump right to Rhonda in Evanston. Hi, Rhonda. Welcome to Reset. Hi there. Hi. Hi. A couple I know returned from Europe um, about a week and a half ago. The husband actually began to get sick on the plane and developed a pretty moderate case of COVID. Um, Wife tested at home and was doing okay, but then also came down with COVID within about a week of her husband's infection. Husband's doing better. Wife is mildly ill. She was told by somebody that she should mask around her husband because she could give COVID back to her husband. Is that something that you would advise? Interesting. That is an interesting question. And we've been running into these scenarios where family members seem to go down five, six, seven days apart from each other, which is really frustrating. You almost wish everyone to get sick at once. So COVID's just ping-ponging between them. (laughs) It is. It is. So so we have these folks that, that, you know, one gets sick, then the next family member, then the next family member. When someone has recently COVID recovered, it is highly unlikely that they're going to get COVID again from their significant other, from their housemates in general. When you have two house mates that are recovering or have recently recovered from COVID, they don't need to isolate around one another. They can go ahead and be unmasked and in the same company as, as each other as they continue to recover. You know, last week, Illinois COVID case counts reached the highest point since May. So doctor, why aren't mask and vaccine mandates coming back? Well, we have these new parameters, which really focus less on those case numbers and more on our healthcare system and what is causing stress in our healthcare system. And so long as we have um, these low numbers of hospitalizations and low uh, numbers of folks requiring ICU beds, we would really have to see an excess of 20% of all hospital patients or 20% of all ICU beds being occupied by COVID patients to start to discuss mm. the reality that we are going to need to reinstate state some of these mitigation strategies. But so long as we are able to continue um, with the status quo with plenty, fortunately, hospital beds and ICU beds available, it's unlikely that we're going to see mask mandates again. All right. I want to get through these callers. Here's Elaine from Oak Park. Hi, Elaine. Hi. I noticed that on the home COVID test, there's an expiration date. I'm wondering if Dr. Teramina can tell me, should I throw out the test at the expiration date, or is there some wiggle room? Is it still valid for a period of time? Good question. That is a good question. There is some wiggle room. So it depends on the product you have, which home antigen tests you have. Many have had extensions on their expiration dates for a period of months. So two, three, four months after expiration date. So whatever product it is, if it's Binax, if it's an in-home test, whatever product you have, go ahead, do a little quick search on that product on the internet and see if that expiration date has been extended. If you cannot find the information or you cannot verify that the expiration date has been extended, it is best to go ahead and dispose of those and move on to a test that is more reliable. From Elaine in Oak Park over to Elena in Park Ridge. Hi, Elena. Oh, hi. Uh, This is Elaine. I live in Park Ridge. and My question is, I work at a school. Should I get the fourth uh, fix? I, I got all of, all of them except for the last booster. I'm fifty over fifty, so I'm eligible. When should I get that? I start the twenty second. Um, should I get it now? Will it last me a while, or how does that work? Thanks, Elena. 
So yes, everyone above age 50 is eligible to receive a booster dose of the vaccine at this point if they haven't had their fourth dose, I should say a second booster. Um, and for these vaccines, we usually get a peak effect around two weeks after. So at least two weeks before the start of school, so you can get that peak effect. You certainly fall into this category where you have consistent high-risk exposures being in a school environment, especially coming back in the fall, putting all these bodies back in one place and certainly not with mask mandates anticipated. However, there is likely going to be a better booster available later in the fall. I think in your case, taking into context your health history as well, it's very reasonable to go ahead and get that booster in early August, have it be at peak effect when you are starting back at school, and keeping those eyes open for any updates regarding uh, subsequent boosters, a variant-specific vaccine that might become available later in the fall. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that is infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina. She's with us answering questions about how long this recent surge of COVID cases, which is caused by the BA5 variant, how long that could last. And we want you to chime in here, too. So if you've got a question about COVID, call us now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, still a few more minutes to get your question on air at 866-915-WBEZ. Let's hear now from Desiree in northwest Indiana. Hi, Desiree. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you. I just tested positive for COVID, and um, I requested the um, Paxlovid um, medication. It was not initially uh, going to be given to me as a prescribed medication, only uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen. Um, I wanted to find out uh, why it may not have been, and, and her response, the doctor's response, was that um, I'm not at a high risk. I'm relatively good health and that there may not be any need for it, plus the fact that there's not an approval for it through the Food and Drug Administration or something to that effect. Can you clarify that for her, doctor? Yeah, I sure can. I think for most Americans, uh, candidacy for Paxlovid is there. Yes, we do have data that it it simply works better uh, in folks that uh, have multiple medical issues and are at higher risk for a more severe COVID course. If you are younger, completely healthy otherwise, and have mild symptoms, uh, not that there's a risk, but certainly there could be side effects with these medicines. And we do have data showing they just might not help as much as they do in folks that are older or who have additional comorbidities. That being said, for the most part, the threshold is pretty low to prescribe it. And just like many other therapeutics, along the way with COVID. It is uh, FDA endorsed with emergency use authorization. So having full FDA approval is likely going to come very soon for this medication. And I have uh, very little reservation prescribing it to most folks who test positive or in, and or who are at risk. So I want to ask a question, doctor, that is, you know, kind of a bit of a downer. Uh, reinfections, as we've talked about, that's increasingly common. So are we all just going to end up with long covid at the end of this, and I know that I'm not the only one thinking this because we got a tweet a moment ago from Noah Liebman who says, I don't want to get COVID because of concerns about long COVID. And of course, there are the impacts on mental health of you know, staying in the, the never COVID group when the rest of the world has moved on. That's significant, he says. 
I think for the most part, we are all going to get COVID. And for many of us, it's going to be multiple times over the span of many years. And that is what we see historically with other uh, respiratory pandemics and viruses and how they, the nature of the beast, so to speak. Are we all going to get long COVID? Boy, I sure hope that answer is no. Um, I okay. think that a percentage of individuals, and that percentage might be as little as five or 6% or as high as 15 plus percent, are going to go on and have some longer term sequelae of these infections. And for folks that think getting COVID, whether it's their first episode or multiple episodes of COVID, if it's, you know, you think heading into it that it's just going to be a mild cold in a few days of, of being down and out, that's not the case for everyone. And this COVID does not, you know, play fairly when it comes to who ends up with some of these longer term issues. So it is still prudent to try and avoid becoming infected and reinfected with COVID because of that risk. It's small, but it's present. How does the virus evolve? This is a question from a caller who couldn't stay on the line. Will it keep getting more and more contagious and less severe? That's what will need to happen um, in order for it to survive, because we can't have something become more and more contagious and very severe because, unfortunately, more folks will die and the virus will effectively die with the host. We need people to quote unquote, stay alive and pass this virus along. So each subsequent variant is likely going to be more contagious or contagious in a different way so that it can continue to spread. And hopefully the cases will mercifully be mild. But as we've seen with BA5, some people even with mild cases are still feeling pretty rough for a good chunk of time here as they're recovering. Let's hear from David in Lincoln Square. Hey, David, what's your question? Hi. Hi, uh, I'm a school teacher, double vax, double boosted, and was double boosted when I got uh, COVID in May, which I presume was Omicron. So I'm hearing a lot of conflicting information between the 60 to 90 day reinfection rate, particularly this past weekend, I started seeing a lot of stuff online. And I was just curious what the risk is, particularly, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from going back. Thanks, David. So, David, you have that that so-called hybrid immunity where you're up to date on all your vaccines and you've recovered from COVID. So you've got about as many antibodies as you can possibly have right now as we await for the more Omicron-specific um, vaccines to come this fall. Uh, that being said, being infected with a likely Omicron variant in May, it was probably Omicron BA2 or BA2.1, 2.1. And now with BA4 and BA5 circulating, we are seeing reinfections. So for the most part, people can still reliably have you know, 60 to 90 days, we say 90 days of immunity. That's why we're not retesting. Mm -hmm. But if you have COVID-like symptoms, I have seen reinfections from one strain of Omicron to the next in as little as four to six weeks. So now that we're a couple of months out from your infection, if you do have COVID-like symptoms, it's back to square one with isolating and testing until you, you know, show that you have something else going on. So it is possible to become reinfected this soon after. Real quick, doctor, let's talk about supplies. What should folks have at home to prevent infection, test for infection in case they get infected? At this point, there's no reason not to have a supply of home tests. Um, they're available for free. Every household should be eligible for you know, several uh, tests every month to be able to have in their home. Mm-hmm. Make sure those expiration dates are where they should be. You should continue to have masks available. Don't go too far without having some masks available. At this point in time, with the accessibility of N95s and KN95s, yeah. you might want to have some of those on hand as well. And then the routine stuff for uh, hand sanitizer and 
Lysol wipes to keep surfaces clean, yeah. and you should be in pretty good shape. All of the, the usuals. That's Dr. Mia Teramina of Dooley Health and Care. Thank you so much, doctor. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.